but you should just call me Hawkeye. And I'm Field Tech Lindsay Ware, putting the lens on things. Together, we are Hawkeye and Lens. You're listening to the UMass IPM Fruit Loop, the podcast component of the UMass Extension's fruit team newsletter, Healthy Fruit. Today is September 29th, 2020. Our goal is to provide you with the ability to listen to the most up-to-date healthy fruit news while you go about all your orcharding tasks. Welcome. As far as upcoming meetings and events, we are pretty much wrapping that up as we are in the swings of harvest. John is holding the last Apple Harvest open office hour this coming Tuesday, October 6th at high noon. So be sure to tune into that and let us know how you like them apples. I had to do it. I've resisted the urge all season. (laughs) I think you've shown remarkable restraint, Lens. Speaking of John, let's see things his way for a minute. We'd like to think Apple Harvest is winding down, but of course, it really isn't. Still, we're on the downhill slide now. Unfortunately, the exceptional harvest weather appears to be coming to an end. But we do need rain badly. Let's keep our fingers crossed for good weekend weather a few more times. On the upside, apple quality in terms of color has been very good with the dry weather. Interestingly, It appears September will end up being warmer than average, but all the sunny days and a stretch of cool weather mid-month has made fruit quality excellent. John also wants to alert us to the recently announced Coronavirus Food Assistance Program 2. Eligible specialty crops include apples, peaches, pears, cherries, plums, strawberries, and blueberries, and most vegetables. The payment is 8.8 to 10.6% based on 2019 sales for raw fruits and vegetables grown by the producer. That application deadline is December 11th, 2020. Contact Farm Service Agency staff at your local USDA service center. For more information, you can also go to www.farmers.gov CFAP. Finally, this will be the last official healthy fruit for volume 28, 2020. The UMass fruit team will be planning some winter programming, including pesticide credits, and we'll keep you in the loop via the healthy fruit email list. As always, thanks for your support and attention in 2020. Always feel free to contact us at any time. It's going to be a long winter, and John says be good. Indeed, it will be a long winter, John. This may be the last healthy fruit for the year. However, Lens and I can use that long winter to put out more IPM Fruit Loop podcasts. In the past, we've received feedback asking us to explain some of the things that we've discussed in this podcast. So we will endeavor to do that moving forward from here. Now, let's go to Hawkeye for Dr. Panero's Etymology Psychology one last time this year. What is the buzz, Hawkeye? 
Today, Dr. Pinero poses the question, what insect pest was the most damaging to apples in 2020? This year, in 11 orchards, seven in Massachusetts, three in New Hampshire, and one in Maine, Jaime and his team conducted various types of research that targeted a number of insect pests, including apple maggotfly, codling moth, and leaf rollers. No plum curculio research involving odor-baited trees was conducted this year. Therefore, incidents of injury by plum curculio being reported here occurred under standard grower management. In early September, non-destructive harvest surveys were conducted. Across all 11 orchards, 10,560 fruits were inspected for insect injury. Fruit samplings were conducted by Jaime Pinero and three graduate students, Ms. Prabina Rejmi, Ms. Dorna Sedat, and Mr. Ajay Giri. Jaime says thank you so much for all of your help. These students received proper training on identification of fruit injury by each of the insect pest species. Here, on behalf of Dr. Pinero and his team, we present the results of those studies. Can we get a drum roll, please? Nope, guess we can't. At any rate, the most damaging insect pest in 2020 in the 11 sampled orchards was PC, followed by tarnished plant bug and apple maggot fly. Damage caused by these insect pests was recorded at each of the 11 orchards. In the case of apple maggot fly, the actual level of injury may be lower than the injury we are reporting here. This is because each fruit that was suspected to have egg-laying scars was taken to the lab. Fruit was incubated individually in containers with a substrate for pupation. We still need to confirm whether damage observed was caused by apple maggot fly. Fruit injury caused by stink bugs was recorded at eight out of 11 orchards. Injury by European apple sawfly, while comparatively low, was recorded in six of the 11 orchards. This year, injury by Lepidopteran pests was low when compared to 2019. For example, injury by leaf rollers was only recorded in three orchards and very low levels of injury by oriental fruit moth and codling moth were recorded in two orchards. San Jose scale was found in two orchards. Brown marmorated stink bugs seem to be heading to overwintering sites. As a matter of fact, I found one in my hallway upstairs yesterday. However, Dr. Pinero reports, for the last two weeks, fewer BMSB were captured by the pheromone baited clear sticky cards deployed in trap crop areas at the UMass Cold Spring Orchard compared to late August. Little or no feeding is expected to occur at this point in time. Now, Dr. Pinero and his team have included a great deal of graphs and tables to communicate a lot of this information that they have collected, so I highly recommend that you go and look at healthy fruit and see in more detail the things that we've talked about here today. Given that it's the first full moon of October, and a harvest moon no less, I think it's only fitting that we join Lens in the horticult one last time for 2020. for that, Hawkeye. In our horticulture segment, John has included his apple maturity report. All observations are from UMass Orchard, Belchertown. Unless otherwise noted, remember that your target maturity numbers are red color, more than 50%, firmness, more than 14 pounds, soluble solids, greater than 12, your DA, 0.6 to 0.4 for Honeycrisp, 0.65 for Gala, 1 for Golden Delicious, and 1.15 to 
to 1 for Red Delicious. The higher the DA, the more green the apple. The ideal starch index is in the range of 4 to 6. I am going to let you hear that from him himself. All right, the first one I looked at was Macown. You know, they're finally coming into their own. I saw some nice dark red color. Uh, Dwayne Green reminded us last week as they get that nice, real dark maroon, they start eating good. Uh, the starch was still about three to four. You know, it's getting pretty good, nice dark red color. So I'm sure everybody is well into Macown harvest now, and that should be good for the next week or so. Empire, I looked at Empire, they're definitely here at least, ready to harvest for long-term storage. I'd like to see the bricks come up a little bit on them. Liberty, I know you probably don't want to hear about Liberty. I, it eats really good right now. This one here is kind of a personal favorite of mine. We have some mixed in with the Macown block in Belchertown. It, it, it was tested as DS-65. I had them up at the University of Vermont. They was out of Hilltop Nursery and Wally Hauser. They, they, they named it Golden Glory. I'm not sure they ever patented. I think it's kind of gone by the wayside, but it's a nice, very nice, large, it's a nice pink blush, Golden Delicious type. It's a little earlier than um, regular Golden Delicious. If anybody wants any Budwood this winter, let me know. Speaking of Golden Delicious, regular Gibson Golden Delicious I have. Um, I thought they were pretty green looking still. I picked some and tested them. You know, they are losing their starch. Um, you know, I always say the first week in October is kind of when these would be picked. And this year's no exception. The bricks was up there on them, good firmness. The DA was, you know, if it's over one, they're kind of green still. So I give them some more time. Uh, Ambrosia, um, these are light crop trees, definitely should be picked. Jonagold, I was, um, they're huge this year, even though there's a, a good crop in the trees, the apples are just very large. Um, these were gorgeous. Uh, I picked by color. I'm definitely starting to get a touch of greasiness. That's just a small snapshot of all of the apple maturity testing that John does at the University of Massachusetts Cold Spring Orchard. To see more of John's work, go to YouTube and check him out at his channel, John Clements, J-O-N-C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S. And now, one last time for the year, I'll let Hawkeye bring us back to the nest with her notes from the field. Thanks, Lens. You know I can't pass up an opportunity to be the harbinger of sorrow one last time for the year. Remember in 2015, we started to enter into a drought, and then in 2016, it hit us hard? Well, the following year, 2017, we saw massive gypsy moth populations throughout a fair portion of the state, and many of us were caught unawares. Not this time, though. We have all watched this drought grow throughout this <clears throat> special year. As such, we will be prepared next spring. Back in the 80s, the Elkington Lab here at UMass successfully introduced biocontrols to our landscape that have since mitigated the impact of gypsy moth larvae in both agriculture and landscapes. Most years, these controls, a virus and a fungus, keep populations in check as our traditionally wet spring weather is conducive to the organism's growth. When drought hits, however, the organisms do not have the ability to thrive and subsequently reach population levels that would be sufficient to knock gypsy moth larvae back enough to keep them out of our hair. What you can do now is keep your eyes peeled for egg masses. 
Every egg mass you destroy is one that won't bite you in the fruit bud next year. You can't get them all this way, but you can at least get some gratification from eradicating a handful of those little buggers. Moving forward, next spring, be prepared by having some Dipel or other Bacillus thuringiensis material, BT, on hand to manage early instar larvae when they balloon into fruit plantings. Follow along in Healthy Fruit for updates on larval emergence. I personally will keep a sentinel egg mass here at my remote location, <clears throat> my home, for monitoring and sharing updates via Healthy Fruit. And finally, watch your trees and other fruit crops next year for signs of migrating larvae. Once they start moving in, you'll want to be prepared to take action. Thank you, Hawkeye, and thank you for listening to the UMass IPM Fruit Loop, the podcast component of UMass Extension's fruit team newsletter, Healthy Fruit. This will be the last Healthy Fruit in 2020. As always, thanks for your support and attention. We hope it has helped you produce a profitable crop in 2020. We'll see you again in 2021. In the meantime, feel free to contact any of the UMass fruit team if you have any fruit-related production questions. Thank you to all members of the fruit team, all the growers, and to our sponsors, OESCO, Orchard Equipment and Supply Company Incorporated, Norse Farms, the New England Vegetable and Berry Growers Association, and the Massachusetts Fruit Growers Association. Happy harvest, be safe, and be well.